0: You're listening to Thinker's What Works podcast. Today, we're going to be joined by Doug Campbell, who's in business development with Thinker Spaces. We're talking about commercial experiences, including audio-visual systems, presentation, software and hardware, communications, and signage and self-service retail. You learn how to drive sales, smooth employee communication, and work with a new generation of tech-savvy consumers. So today, we're here with Doug Campbell. Doug, you work in business development with Thinker focusing on spaces, commercial experiences. Tell us a little more about that.
1: I do. What we are working on is developing audio-video systems for commercial spaces, boardrooms, um, meeting rooms, performance rooms, as well as back-end electronics, so that the when a presenter uh, plugs in their laptop or their tablet or what have you, it's much more of a seamless operation. You're not fumbling for wires, wondering which input is working and which one isn't, and everything just works magically and makes you look like you're really smart. Like you're the hero. Like you're the hero, exactly.
0: Yeah, I think one, one of the demos I saw, uh, the gentleman uh, was using an iPad or an or an iPhone or an Android phone and he could look into his house, he could look into his office and he could see all the lights that were on, what was playing on the television, what the computer was connected to and he was uh, actually in a different state than his office at the time. It's pretty fascinating.
1: Right, you can do full automation, you could even control that boardroom presentation and do the presentation from one city and talk to the uh, people in the in the boardroom or in the meeting room all online via Wi-Fi and do that from your tablet and control the presentation from your tablet. Wow.
2: How common is this kind of technology? Is it, I mean, are we seeing it at the the smaller fifty you know, 25 to 50 employee level, or is this still something you're seeing at, at like the major corporations?
1: You'll mainly see it smaller tech companies that they're into tech, so they want technology to drive what they're doing. Uh, typically, it's a little harder for larger companies, a little more conservative, to latch on to it because it's tougher for them to change. They're used to doing things the way they've been doing them for the last 50, 60, 70 years. So it's harder for them to change where younger, smaller, more nimble companies, uh, they're, they want the technology. They want to use it. So they're much more um, apt and they and they make the the uh, room in their budget to uh, purchase the equipment that they needed to do it effectively and then so this
0: is part of the the push towards uh, less travel in in conferences mm-hmm. to reduce costs so you you push into technology you have a, a more advanced boardroom you have a more advanced conferencing center uh, it's simpler to use it's more technologically advanced and then you can you Can get people in from you know around the world and, and project them on the screen, is that what we're yeah, talking about? Yeah, I mean, about?
1: even you know, some of the larger companies that I just talked about they use Skype, right? But what do you do with Skype right now in a t- traditional sense? You've got someone with their laptop and they open their laptop and it has Skype on it, and everyone on the boardroom is kind of crowded around trying to watch that person right via Skype. Well, now you could have that on a 60 or a 70 or 80 inch screen in the room and you're actually broadcasting that Skype conversation up on this large screen. Everyone can see it. You have better audio because you have speakers throughout the uh, room tied in through a, a better audio system, so everybody hears better, everybody sees better. Um, those small little spreadsheets that people like to use in their presentations are more easily legible for everyone in the room, so there's a lot of advances and a lot of reasons to use that better technology. For that, yeah, for that conference center. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So that
0: reminds me of the Google Jamboard, which I think is something that they had just talked about, I think, the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And, and now they just recently released it at the beginning of this year, which is a 60-inch touchscreen display, uh, which w- runs with Google Hangouts. So you can invite anybody into the Google Hangout, which some of us use that for instant messaging. But you can actually then touch on the screen and share the, uh, the, the writing, the text, the documents you pulled up, share those in real time with everybody Around the world, who might be in that same conference, but it's all on that 60, 60 inch uh, touchscreen in your. This uh, isn't your the, room. The, this yeah. isn't the, the digital whiteboard that we want you to get, right? Is yeah, it, it, it is. is. It's the Google the, Jamboard. Okay. Yeah, it's the digital whiteboard.
2: Would you be able? To, I mean, would you be an adopter of that? Because I don't, could you get away from paper? I, you know, I like paper.
0: I, I think there are advantages to paper, right? I, but there's also advantages to having it electronically because you know, typically. You know, I I love my big post-it notes. So mm-hmm. I write on the big post-it notes, and then I take a picture of it, mm-hmm. and then I save that picture off.
1: You're just moving differently. Used to paper was the primary source of your content. Now paper really supports the, digi- the digital presentation that you're doing. So you might still have your notes on paper and and follow along and take your notes, but. The digital presentation is actually the main presentation, and the, and the Google Jamboard makes it a
2: uh, a collaborative process. So now mm-hmm. everybody can collaborate onto that mm-hmm. onto that Jamboard. I'm curious when you said that it's usually the smaller companies that adopt it. I mean, the bigger companies would have the deep pockets, right?
1: Well, they have the deep pockets, but they also have budgets, and everyone um, protects their budgets. And there's a lot more overhead. There's a you know there's politics involved a lot of times and it's just harder for those large companies to make the changes once they do and once they get it in their budget process it moves through fairly quickly but it's it's changing the mindset it's changing the thinking sometimes and where a smaller company they're more nimble there's fewer people in the pipeline as far as decision making process and if they decide to do something they do it, and they move forward, so it's a it's a quicker process once they once they jump on board.
2: Is there applications outside of just conferencing, like you know some of the some of the thinker clients uh, we have some manufacturers could you use this kind of technology for workflow
1: things like that? Oh, absolutely, and the, even that that flows, (laughs) workflow flows into even digital signage. So digital signage can be used obviously for an advertising medium, but it can also be used throughout a a company in office, throughout the offices or the, um, the cafeteria to communicate different things with employees and, and things of that nature. So it can definitely work alongside of digital signage too.
0: Well, I think one of the things that the, that we've implemented is up up in the front of our library section. There is having social media uh, that is our our social media and information about our from our blog being uh, posted up there on a rotating basis, which keeps everybody informed when they mm-hmm. walk into the building. What's going on at Thinker, which I think is kind of what you're talking about, Doug. You have the application then for keeping employees informed because you've got this digital signage. So you now have a conferencing system that is uh, integrated and collaborative, uh, and which can reduce costs and increase functionality and, and capability, but then you've also got the ability to put digital signage then throughout the entire facility, keeping people informed uh, more easily without sending out you know hundreds of emails.
2: Well, it, and part of what you're talking about is the customer experience, right? Yeah. Um, Doug had sent me an email about uh, Chase Bank out in San Francisco creating this huge wall of screens and with just all these different things you know, and as somebody who's, you know, Doug and I, we, we predate all the social media stuff. So, it, it, you kind of want to be unplugged at some point. But the younger generation, they want to have something visual in front of them all the time. And so, something like, th- you know, a lot of what what you're talking about uh, implementing in spaces is incre- is basically keeping those images in front of people at all times. Is that a fair way to think about it?
1: Right, it's a way of communicating indirectly. So you're not forcing someone to read something, you're not telling them, you know, 10 times a day, you're reinforcing those ideas through advertising. If it's at, let's say it's uh, in a restaurant and you see, have digital signage and there's the special of the day, but it could also be done corporately in a work environment so that those announcements or whatever you're wanting your your workers to remember can be throughout the building and every time they see that screen, it's oh, it's a reminder of point A, point B, point C, whatever, whatever the idea is you're trying to get across to them.
0: Gotcha. so it could be it could be something as simple as, hey, a reminder you know, leave the front spaces open for the most valued employees. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or it could exactly. be something like, uh, you know, uh, we've had, you know, zero days since our last uh, injury at the office. so Right.
2: Right. They, they used to have that flipboard in, in right. the Chrysler plant. Oh, it's been 27 days. Right. right? Well,
1: there you go. <laughs> right. it's, it, in some cases, it's less expensive to use digital signage in an instance like you just said than using the old style board because it takes people now to make those changes to the board you know every day there's a change there's a new announcement whatever now it's strictly you go to a keyboard you make the change and boom or you schedule a change so every day at 7 p.m. that message can change or 6 a.m. that message can change and uh um, so it's a completely different way, and actually less expensive way than than the old way. So I
0: I feel like I was an early adopter of this digital signage thing as part of a business operation because back uh, back when I owned uh, a heating and air conditioning company, we had you know we made online sales, and then we had a call center, and people you know called us up to to get their sale taken and ask questions among other things, and I had a screen. That all it did was process. It was on like a loop that told you the number of calls that we had that day, who had the high sale of the day, uh, how what the average sale was, and then I think the projected number of calls that we were going to receive, or something like that. And it kept everybody motivated. And it was information right out of the business system. It was simple to, it was simple to implement. And I kind of jury rigged the whole thing together because we didn't have some of these you mm-hmm. know things that we're talking mm-hmm. about here. But that would be a way to. I think, uh, utilize this idea of digital signage in sort of a collaborative approach, but information right out of a business right. system.
1: Right, Yeah, digital signage isn't just advertising. It can be something as simple as, as that used internally. So if there's a screen involved and there's, there's digital media running across it, that's digital signage. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So we've got a client who's running ads at a gym uh, so I think it's right near the water cooler. I want to say instead of having a, a cork board up there with you know all sorts of information that people want to put up there, he sells ad space, and it's, some mm-hmm. of it's for clients who who are part of the gym. They're advertising their businesses, and sometimes it's a, a local you know restaurant or something like that that's running a, a healthy eating special, and and it, I think we we wind up controlling it virtually from here through our through the systems with Google, and then it pops out on their digital signage over there. It's pretty cool.
1: Right. You can manage. So I like to talk about managed digital signage because anyone can really install a screen up on a wall and hook a computer up to it and call that digital signage. And it is in kind of a minor way. But with managed digital signage, then what we do is we work with the client and we provide the content that goes on that screen. So any scheduling, uh, the content itself, maybe it's like you said, maybe it's split screen, maybe there's three split screens and one, whatever. But we do all that and we manage it remotely from our offices right here at Thinker Ventures. Well,
2: one of the things um, on the tech side of it, is I, I know we do it for uh, one company here in town, and the images rotate on the screen right. to avoid burnout,
1: mm-hmm. which I, I thought was – I didn't think of that. Obviously, a tech person. They're probably using an old plasma uh, screen, yeah, this glass, be. and mm-hmm. if, if the image doesn't change every so often, then it can burn, burn the image into the glass. But the newer screens that are LCD, LED, whatever, uh, don't have as much burn in. But, yeah, you can use, definitely use that. Technology. Mm-hmm.
2: What we're talking. Uh, so, uh, in terms of screens, uh, it is moving from LED to LCD.
1: Well, a lot of them now are LCD because um, they're lighter weight. It's a little more reliable, and uh, the screen itself can the the uh, border around the screen can be smaller. So when when we're using multiple screens. Uh, next to each other or on top of each other to make a larger screen, the, the actual borders then are smaller in between each screen. So it looks like a more, mm-hmm. uh, more seamless image. So if you're taking, let's say, th- uh, nine panels, three up, three down, so you got nine um, in a, like a square, then those, all those... Um, I know what you're talking you know about. What I'm talking about? I was that,
2: watching uh, a basketball game. Uh, at a at a bar here in downtown Rockford, and it had the nine stacked, right? right. But it had the the lines, right? right? right. So, and the, the the cameras following the basketball, and the basketball keeps getting lost in the lines, right? And there was a smaller screen up top where I could see the whole game. So I just started looking up at that. Well,
1: because, now you know, it's just it was disconcerting. They're coming out with, it's called OLED, which is much thinner. It's actually a bendable screen. And so it, it literally could go, it could be bent around a corner, it could be shaped, whatever. And it's very lightweight, and it's even longer lasting than, say, an LED or an LCD. So then those lines go away almost completely. Wow.
2: Here's a question. Since We really try to focus on what works. So mm-hmm. let's talk about some mistakes. What are mistakes people make, companies make? when they try to get into digital signage if they, if they don't come to somebody like you what are some of the things they can get wrong
1: well i think it, it would it would integrate into digital signage but also the the spaces that the commercial spaces so the av everything's connected to the internet now so a lot of times companies the network itself is an afterthought. They, you know, they they forget that that everything revolves around the router, the, the modem. If their email works, if, the, if the email works, they're happy. Exactly. So you got to start and create a very strong backbone, and that would be the network. And so we should install a very reliable, what I call a commercial grade um, router modem. Uh, the Wi-fi system you know everything should be gigabit and everything's moved to cat six now instead of cat 5 wiring everything so we can get higher speeds and r- and run everything through the pipeline a lot quicker and more reliably so that's that's where a lot of people make a mistake, even in their homes. They're still running you know, their home network and their Wi-Fi is through a $49 router they bought at HH Gregg or someplace. And so the problem we, we see with
0: that is if you're going to be, p- be pushing video, for instance, to your digital signage, and then you've got somebody else who's uh, other employees, for instance, who are clogging the pipe, let's say, mm-hmm. then you might end up with digital signage that's not doesn't look as kind
1: of her exactly yeah. okay. jittery, or it cuts yeah. in and out, what have you. Yeah. And you know, back in the day, uh, maybe five people in a house or just a few people in a in a business were online all the time, or they, you know, just a few people had a um, a wireless device. Now everybody has a wireless device, and everyone's on the network. So you need a real strong network before you start building on it and putting all the digital signage and more computers and everything else on there. So I think that's one place a lot of companies make a mistake is they don't invest in a proper network before they take the next step. Mm. Good point.
2: We were talking a little bit earlier. um, One of the things, we looked up digital signage trends for 2017, and one of the ones on here is customer profiling. And I, I was kind of curious how how does having how can you profile using this kind of technology? What can you learn about your customers?
1: Well, the, there was actually an interesting article. Um, it was with a a major uh, diet cola manufacturer, and. Um, you know, in the, in the grocery store business, it's it's a very dog eat dog business. Everyone, every company's fighting for shelf space. And this particular company came up with a technology where they put digital signage on the end cap of of um, of some of the aisles where all their products were located. With that digital signage, also were cameras. And those cameras were actually able to read your facial recognition. And it could tell if you were in a bad mood, if you were in a good mood, if, uh, you know, whatever. And it, as you come around to that end cap, the screen would change and it would try to highlight a different product based on what it sees your, your mood to be, you know. So... And gender, gender as well, right? And so gender, age gender, group, exactly, mood. exactly. Yeah.
0: So, so now you're targeting an audience that doesn't know they're being targeted. Right, fascinating. Right.
1: So, and that's in its infancy. You know, that's being tried by, like I say, a, a major company that that has deep pockets for that kind of research. But as time goes on, it's going to be just like digital signages today. Most anyone could afford to implement it if they wanted to. I was going to say,
2: like, if, if you have digital signage in, like, a restaurant, and if, if it's being managed, uh, is that something where you could try different images or different configurations of your menu to test sales at certain times?
1: Yeah, a perfect example of that is um, uh, shopping malls, and, and they have the, um, you know, their Burger King or McDonald's, whoever is is in there. Typically, Um, they don't have as as broad a menu selection as if you went to a a full-service Burger King, let's just say, because they don't have the room. They don't have as much space there, so they have fewer menu items. So what they do is they highlight only the menu items on their digital signage menu that they serve there. You might not be able to buy a, a certain burger at the mall Burger King that you can, you know, at a standalone Burger King store. Also, if they come up with, oh, we're not selling uh, enough double whoppers today, they can actually change the signage to say us we're having a promotion on double whoppers and try to move through their inventory of the double whoppers for the next 2 hours. That type of so they ca- they can change the signage uh, they can broaden the signage, the menu, um, depending on even what, how many hamburger patties they have in the, in the cooler, you know, that type of thing. So it can definitely, the signage can definitely be fine-tuned to their, their needs, not only daily, but almost hourly.
2: One of the um, statistics that we were looking at was stores with digital signage displays experience a 31.8% average increase in upswing sales volume. Is that just, just from the images or, or just the power of suggestion?
1: Well it is power of suggestion and it people are used to commercials, they're used to I mean, we all say we hate commercials on television, what have you, but people are used to that. But it also creates an excitement in a store. So as a retailer you're trying to generate a certain image in your store. Um and be different than, you know, the next, the, the competitor. So when someone comes in, having images moving in some, is for instance, in some stores, they want more active digital signage. They want flashing lights. They want, you know, gee whiz uh, lighting and announcements and action and everything. Where another store, it might be a more soothing digital signage message and and create a different image and a different, Way of getting the message across. So, depending on how you want to do that, uh, you can be more effective, and people expect that, and they actually enjoy having that extra information coming to them.
2: Well, that's interesting that you say that because we have we manage digital signage for a few businesses, and that all flows through Aaron Johnson, correct? Uh, a lot of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. How does the is that a situation where the company comes and says, okay, this is kind of the image we, we want to present, or is it something where Aaron kind of, they work together and... You go, run, run us through that process. So, yeah, I think many times uh,
0: businesses who are ready to implement some sort of signage have an, kind of an established brand and a look and feel that they're looking to uh, promote, but uh, many times they are looking to... Uh, put in some sort of experience and they don't have a really established brand or a really established look and feel. And so part of the process is to determine what does your organization look like when it goes up on the screen and what kind of methods of communication are we going to utilize and how do we make that consistent uh, a consistent message at each of the touch points because now that you're on a screen, uh, you're on you have some sort of website, uh, you might have some sort of outdoor signage. Now you've got some 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 indoor signage. Um, you know, what does your Twitter? what does your Facebook look like? What does your LinkedIn look like? W- all those different touch points we then start f- start to determine what is the, what is the kind of the central theme, the core messaging and the look and feel for uh, for that business
2: how does How does social media tie in with, with digital signage? Because well when I think of digital signage I think I'm going to a, a restaurant right and, okay and I'm looking that way but it's it's much larger than that
1: it can be I mean uh, regardless of the of the uh, brand or the the type of business that it is, it kind of creates a a uh, an excitement um, or a feeling of being connected with the consumer so for instance someone's Twitter feed um, a certain business is twitter feed could be scrolling across the bottom uh so anytime someone mentions that business on their twitter um you know twitter post, it shows up on the screen so it it tells the customer that that business is connected and they listen to their customers and they want to know what their customers think. Um, someone else might, you know, another business might have their Facebook page on one half of the screen and their digital signage, whether that be a menu or what have you, on a completely different screen or the other half of that screen. So there's, there's a completely different way of communicating with your you're, I mean, literally, you could stand in a in a restaurant and and tweet something, and look up, and a few seconds later, it might appear on you know on on the screen in that in that store in that location. That's almost like the that
2: face that that face wall in Chicago, right? You can stand, you you walk up, it takes a picture of your face, and then. Your face is on this big, giant wall, like in, in uh, Millennium Park. Oh, you guys yeah, seen I have that? seen that. You've got to get out there and yeah, see I've that. <laughs> that. <laughs> One of the things um, we were thinking about was, or ta- looking at was kiosks and tablets. Um, in how much longer will we have people working taking orders at McDonald's and oh, Burger King. Yeah.
0: I gave a talk about this the other day. Did you? Yeah, well, I told them that somewhere between 25 and 50% of the population are introverts. And I'm one of them. I'm the guy who goes to Starbucks and then orders on his... I sit down and I order on my mobile app because I don't care to talk to the people in line. <laughs> And I think like people in McDonald's, you know, if, if I'm going to go in and they just want to order a burger or fries or something, which I don't ever go into McDonald's. <laughs> I always go through drive through But if I wanted to go into McDonald's, I don't, well, don't want to talk to anybody. If it's just a burger, right? I think I went to Panera the other night. I took my daughter out to Panera last night, and it was the first time in a long time that I hadn't skipped the little kiosk, I, I, or that I skipped the kiosk. Most of the time, I go right to the kiosk and I press my order in and walk through. And I think that's that's I think the trend that we're going to be seeing that some of these self service um, uh, services we just uh, will just engage with them. You know, we'll engage with our phone. We'll engage with the tablet sitting there. We, uh, I can we can we can we legally say that we're the largest Google uh, l- the licensor of of um, Chrome licenses? Like, are we allowed to say that? I think Google told us that we said we had to say we're one of the largest.
2: Well, if not, then right. yeah, that's Kevin's job to get rid. So we'll so we'll say, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so we'll say that we're one of the largest licensors
0: of of uh, Chrome licenses, and 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 our client who uses them uses them for training terminals. Uh, at all of the fast food
2: restaurants, that they so own. that their people don't have to be flown in or driven into an area well, and and trained by a trainer. By
0: well, a that's person. part that's part of it, and all the training is online. And so, how do you roll this thing out? Well, you roll it out on a, on a tablet device, and how do you lock that tablet device down? And how do you manage it remotely and push content to it and control what it can and can't see? Well, you manage all that remotely. So, I think that yeah, there's a huge trend towards kiosks, in particular in self service industries like. Restaurants, uh, you know, I, I think it was. Um, uh, there's a there's a burger, a burger joint that I go to here in town that, when you're ready to check out, then they give you the the little credit card processor and it prints a little receipt out. If it works, sometimes it doesn't work, but
1: um, but hey, it's a great it's a great theory, right? And on the downside of that, for some businesses you know especially the larger ones it's that is a way if they have kiosks they don't have to have as many people in there taking orders because now you can walk up to the kiosk place your order and you don't have to have that interaction with, uh, labor with the person yeah. and it cuts yeah. cuts labor costs so um you know from a employment standpoint that's a downside but uh yeah so that's
0: i think it's really fascinating to see the trend towards uh, these devices and how people are interacting with them, and then how businesses can use this type of technology to engage with consumers, whether it be in the mall, and the, the system sees what mood you're in and whether you're male or female, and then, and then pushes content directly to you, which then people are seeing an uptake. In purchases, or whether you want to communicate with a whole uh, a whole uh, office building through digital signage instead of email, for instance. Uh, so, so Doug, you're the expert in all this type of stuff. Maybe you could leave us with maybe three uh, three things that somebody might want to keep in mind. Uh, whether, if they're if they're pursuing if this if this, this, if this whole commercial experience thing uh, checks a box in their head? What are what are three things that you'd want to tell that person?
1: Well, I think the first thing would be for us to do a a real comprehensive uh, visit and see what their needs truly are and and have a sit down and discuss that with them. But as far as uh, components are concerned, again, the network is very um, important. So that would really be number one, if it's it's something where we're pushing a lot of video through and a lot of content through. And... um, Certainly the commercial spaces uh, division of this where where we're running seamless audio video for presentations is very important. And then digital signage to support all that.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Doug. Appreciate your time. Uh, And Alex, always a pleasure. Thank you. That was Thinker's What Works podcast.